Brewing with Style is brought to you by Northern Brewer with fast shipping, expert advice, and all the ingredients and equipment you need to make the best beer possible. Visit them today at northernbrewer.com. This is the Brewing Network's Brewing with Style, hosted by Jamil Zanishev and Mike Tasty McDowell, along with special guest Jonathan Plise. Now, here's Jamil. Hey, howdy. Hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters. (laughs) Here we are. Woohoo. We are here. I think the last time I was as excited for this show was when we did the uh, Fruit Lambic. Yeah. Just knowing the lineup that we had and tonight. Oh. Oh, boy. You're excited. Oh, yeah. I can see how excited you are. You better calm down. I am calm. Oh, man. Control yeah, you yourself. the veins in his neck there. That's what I'm saying. He's, he's one <laughs> excitement away from an aneurysm. Gonna take him down. Don't you have to have just one vein? When you have the one vein that's pulsing, then you're the crazy person. But lots of veins, you're just you're passionate. I'm a passionate man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Or you're stressed yeah. out of your mind. Shut up, John. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, can you blame me? That's why you opened up a bar so you could have like copious amounts of beer at your fingertips. Exactly, Mike. Stay, stay calm. Exactly. There you go. I was up with my family this weekend, and yeah. uh, both my siblings at one point looked at me and went, "You made your office a bar." Yeah, it's not bad. Brilliant, huh? And I went, "Yeah, you're right." College degree was worth it. Yeah, there you go. Your alcoholism paying off. My de- yeah, yeah my degree in uh-huh. uh, maintaining. <laughs> I had a BS in maintaining. Yeah, oh, uh-huh. yeah. Oh, yeah, you do. Uh, yeah, speaking of BS, I tell you, this whole brewery thing, <laughs> kicking my tail. It's for sale, right? Oh, yeah, hey, yeah. It's, it's always right for sale. It's always for sale. Name the right price. He's <laughs> just I'll email your, to ABN every day. I'll be your Huckleberry. I'll be sure. Yeah, right, I'll lower right. the price. Right, right. Oh, Did, yeah. You didn't get a chance to eat today? you literally just too busy moving for mentors to have a bite to eat? Right. Yeah, I, I had nothing great. nothing to eat all day. Dinner is on its way. There you go. Um, no, it, it's just, uh, yeah, it's 100 hours a week. It's crazy. Are you putting in 100 a week? Oh, sure. Oh, bad, Jesus. Yeah. Seven days a week. I can't believe you agreed to sell just in your on-site apartment. I mean, <laughs> at 100 hours a week, you must right, have been spending right. a couple of nights a week there, right? Um. You know, I've gotten into the the habit of just driving mindlessly uh, from point A to point B and not really knowing what's going on. That's encouraging. And uh, seventy five miles per hour, two feet away from cement. And you think I'm going to die first? <laughs> I tell you, I tell you yeah, I'm, right? Yeah, touche. I'm, I'm dying. I'm driving down the freeway. Again, the number of hours I'm logging on the freeway not helping. I'm driving down the freeway. You know, fast lane, 70 miles an hour. There's uh, two cars ahead of me. Some idiot SUV has a brand. They must have just gone to the Home Depot in Vacaville. And then they got the the full-size, brand-new wheelbarrow strapped to the top of their SUV. They've strapped it on with this little orange (laughs) ribbon of something, right? Bungee cord. Yeah. And uh, like as they get up to 70 miles an hour in the fast lane, this thing catches air. Oh, no. And goes t- 
tumbling through the air, eight foot up, 70 miles an hour down the fast lane. Whoa. That's <laughs> and, scary. Nice. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. So uh, I see this thing flying into the air. I, I'm very, I, I tell you, you know, in an emergency, I, I know what's going on around me. I'm ready to move. I, with one hand, hit my uh, my hazard lights, and I already know that I'm clear to my right, and I quickly get over to the right, and uh, the car in front of me hits this wheelbarrow, and then kind of bounces off that car, and I see their their front end kind of shatter, and and then they kind of continue on, and then I'm looking in my rearview mirror, and I see the the truck behind me swerve out of it, but then the car behind them like swerve into it. And it's just like oh, pandemonium, oh and you know, cars hitting this thing. And I'm like, hey, you know, I I got out of the way. And then this this idiot in their SUV, they they pull over like a mile up the road, and I can see him sitting in there going like, oh, we lost our wheelbarrow. I don't know. Should we go back for it? Or should we walk out into the fast lane of all the traffic and pick it up? I'm like, you moron. I'm guessing you want to start driving and hope nobody got your license plate because you just created like $10,000 worth of damage at least. Yeah, the sorry wave is not going to cut it. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, you are liable for this, buddy. Don't worry about your your, uh, your, uh, banged up uh, wheelbarrow. I can see in their face they're they're thinking, oh, we should go back and get it. Their little ribbon of orange (laughs) flapping in the breeze. Yeah. And uh, and what was amazing to me was Why they put that, it in the truck? that first car. I know. They had the room <laughs> to put it in there. But that they first didn't. car that hit the wheelbarrow, it was still driving down the road. And I'm driving down the road, and it's driving down the road, and I'm thinking. Oh, it's just a wheelbarrow. So they plow into a wheelbarrow at 70 miles an hour, and they keep driving. They haven't, like, I would pull over to the side of the road and say, Oh my God! What happened to my car? Yeah. There's plastic parts flopping around in the front. I mean, the whole front bumper—you know how it curves around the front. Yeah. The two sides are completely sticking straight out like this. It's like a flat bar of, of plastic, shattered plastic sticking out. And these people are just driving down the road like nothing happened. Just out. You think they're just so out of it that they didn't even notice? <laughs> See, Chris, aren't you glad you moved here? I don't know. <laughs> I but I, I drove welcome to California Vacaville to Fairfield <laughs> following these people and they kept on going I mean you know like another 10 15 minutes down the road didn't pull over nothing they, they slowed down a little bit but they just do, 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 do. it wasn't like oh my god what yeah. should we do it was like no oh, oh well aren't you jealous of that that mindset i'm like <laughs> right, so right. jealous of that person yeah, right right where you just uh, you don't give a damn yeah. I was like yeah whatever it's just a car <laughs> right uh, it still drives what's a little bumper <laughs> right. flappage yeah it was it was like a you know a mid 2000s toyota you guys remember uh, i mean it was it was a decent car it wasn't like a, a hunk of junk remember point, point break with uh, patrick swayze the surfboard of course that's what I envisioned, like the wheelbarrow. <laughs> Behead some dude. Stop like two inches short of Jamil's yeah. nose. They're, yeah. they're lucky. They're lucky it did not uh, take somebody out. I mean, you know, that that thing was up in the air and tumbling down the road. So this is the life of a brewery owner. It's just a near-death experience <laughs> yeah. every day. Right. Driving okay. mindlessly. Yeah, I'm like zoning out. And I'm like, holy crap! Ah! Uh. Yeah, reflexes. That's a brewery owner. You get yeah. you get your reflexes up. I love that you put you put the hazards on. 
That's, yeah. I mean, because I'm with you. I'm like, I'm, and- I'm combing my mirrors all the time. I know I would have been out of the way of that, but my, yep. I would not have turned my hazards on. That yep. is. Well, I was trying to warn the people behind me because I'm, I'm like, telling you, oh my God, this is, if ever there's a time for hazards, this is it. <laughs> this, Hit that button. This is a considerate man here, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. Wow. What can I say? Amazing. Can I say? Well, and I did notice one other vehicle behind me turn on their hazards, too. I'm like, all right. Wow. And, and really? People thinking. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. <laughs> but That's why I stay away from was, the ladders. It was like, you know, the the second to the last lap at Indy 500 yeah, when right. all the cars plow into each other. Like, oh, these flying. folks. Yeah. 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 The wheelbarrows coming off. Yeah. Exactly. Can you get uh, mid-90s or mid-2000s Toyota front bumpers at Northern Brewer? Do they sell that? <laughs> I, I tell you. That's probably the only thing they don't sell. And if and if it, if it, you really needed a a, a bumper to uh, to uh, brew your beer, they would probably help you find one. Well, it's like a you know you stir the mash with it or something. I don't know. I don't know. Why brewers drive Toyotas? It just seems practical. I don't know. If anyone from Northern Brewer is listening, you could expand your product lineup a little bit. Little bumpers and wheelbarrows. Yeah. Well, yeah. Home I, brewers. I think, I think they ought to sell a beefier strap. Is what they ought to sell. I think I yeah. think that would help. But uh, no, the fine people in Northern Brewer, they've been sponsoring this show for at least eight years now. And uh, those fine people, they've got all the ingredients you need to brew the, the beers that we're going to be talking about on this show. So point your browser over there. Go check them out. Yeah. You know, support your local shop, but uh, I guarantee you, your local shop ain't going to have everything you need. And when that comes, comes to pass, check out Northern Brewer. You know, they do sell the, uh, yeah. the CO2 injector in case you ever needed to inflate the wheel on your wheelbarrow. There you go. <laughs> yeah, go. Very handy. See? <laughs> a little 12 grammer shot. Boom. Yeah. Yard work. Yeah, in case after <laughs> your wheelbarrow flies off on the freeway, the, the tire's a little oh, low. Oh, the tire's flat. Yeah. That, that was probably the problem. There you go. The tire was low. All right. Uh, what are we talking about t- today, John? Uh, Belgian specialty ale. Ah. Yeah, the wide open category. That has no rules, you know? That's an open kimono uh, yeah. category right there. Yeah, it ranges like what? Pale to dark, bitter to non bitter. Oh, it's like Christmas beer to Orval. Belgian IPAs. It's all over the map. Spruity, the fruity esters, spicy phenols, yeast born aromatics. Um, may have some spices, may not. May have some hops, may not. Pretty uh, wide open. Yeah. Um, but it's got to have a Belgian kind of influence, though, right? The right. spicy phenolic kind of note, mm-hmm. but not doesn't really fit into a BJCP guideline. Mm-hmm. This is kind of like that category that you can put the beer into, right? If you if you're able to uh, put your beer in another category, uh, one of the many Belgian ale categories, then that's where it belongs. You only put it in this if it's if it if it doesn't. It's this the catch all. It covers things. The uh, the style guide says, uh, yeah, you know, clones of specific beers like Orval or Le Chouf, uh Produce a beer uh, fitting a broader style that doesn't have its own category to cr- create a uh, experimental beer, etc. Um, that would be this this category. Um, and then they list uh, Trappist table beers, uh, artisanal beers, uh, Belgian barley wines, quadruples, spice yeah, Christmas beers, yeah. uh, Belgian stout, Belgian IPA. Uh, strong and or dark saison, fruit Flanders. Uh, See that one, fruit based <laughs> Flanders. The yeah. the Lindemans, uh, Frambois yeah. stuff is on there. There you go. Yep, uh, lots of lots of interesting things. Um, yeah, wide wide open range, um, and they have quite a a healthy list, healthy healthy list <laughs> of uh, commercial Mac. examples. 
So, uh, Scott, I'm assuming you've got uh, 10 or 20 off this list. I couldn't find any. You couldn't find uh, any. No one sold anything. Yeah. I don't know. Right. You're did kidding. You, did you check the refrigerator <laughs> here at the Hop Grenade? Oh, uh, no. I'll do that during the break. Man, good idea. Go. Right. Thanks. <laughs> we might actually come up with some after all. All right. No, all right. we have all sorts of good stuff. And we, and we have uh, our good friend Chris uh, in here, and he's brought uh, some interesting beers that may fit this category as well. So. Nice. I mean, how could how could it not? We have a like homebrew. We may have a potpourri, commercial beer, commercial beer, sweet. And this is you you can't not fit this category, can you? If you're doing Uh, some sort of Belgian, if you're doing anything with anything with Brett, why wouldn't it fit this category? It'd fit there too. No, can have it. No, eh, no. There's another category. Not like a Brett IPA, but I mean mean, like Belgian with Brett. (laughs) (laughs) If you uh, if you fit in another category, however. Then you do not fit in this category. Ah, that is the restriction. The rule: you cannot fit into another category. You have to be categoryless in Belgium. That is this category. Yeah. Well, we we definitely have Orval. That I know. That, that uh, as a classic example, and then we have all go. sorts of stuff that has been uh, made too recently to be on the classic. Uh, made uh, post two thousand eight. Uh huh. By breweries that have been formed post two thousand eight. Well, there you go. All right. So let's do this. Take a short break. During the break, we'll pour some beers. Yeah? Yeah. And uh, we'll drink some beers. And then we'll come back and slur about how the good they were right after this. Perfect. In a world where everything has been lost. What happened to the city? It's in ruins. Only one man has the ancient knowledge to restore civilization. Uh, I need a drink. Oh no, the liquor store's been ransacked. You looking for beer, stranger? (laughs) Boy, all the liquor got drunk up in the first 25 minutes of the apocalypse. Wait, there's still some bottles over... Oh, no. Those are non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> I reckon you better stick to arrowroot tea and a desperate nomadic existence like the rest of us. People, I'm a home brewer. I know how to make alcohol. <gasps> it can't be done. Come with me if you want the beer. Some big plastic buckets. He is the chosen one. The prophecies say that he's going to get us wasted. Someone start heating water. And From the creators of Northern Brewer, the people who brought you massive selection and superior customer service comes the home brewer. For nearly 40 years, one organization has had your back. The American Homebrewers Association. Are you a member? (laughs) Why not? Join the more than 40,000 brewers who enjoy all the American Homebrewers Association has to offer. Like Zymergy Magazine, in print and online, plus the Zymergy app. Zymergy is the leading publication for amateur brewers around the world. Supporters also get member deals at their local breweries, bars, and homebrew shops. These alone quickly pay for your membership. You'll also get great member-only resources at homebrewersassociation.org and access to AHA events like the National Homebrewers Conference and the National Homebrew Competition. The American Homebrewers Association promotes the hobby of homebrewing, protects the interests of homebrewers, and brings beer lovers 
together. Become a member today. It costs less than a batch of beer and gives back so much more. Visit homebrewersassociation.org. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer. Whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the BrewingNetwork.com. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious. Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Now back to Jamil, Tasty and Blise. It's Brewing with Style. All right, we're back. We're, we're, we're tasting a variety of things here. Um, uh, Chris brought in, a, thankfully brought a, a number of uh, beers here. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a God, show. God knows what Scott would have dragged up. <laughs> Scott, did you bring the Orval? Yeah, I sure did. Was that it? And Chris brought the rest of it? Yeah. Well, I, I, so this, this show brought to you by Chris. Yeah, it was, certainly was. And I knew it was going to be. And uh, therefore, I ramped down my already meager oh, shopping ramp, efforts. Ramped. Did you give him a <laughs> hop grenade credit? Minimized, minimized his efforts even further. Right. Thanks yes. for putting me on the spot, John. Now I have to. Okay. Great. That's right. Good job, John. All right. Looking out. Uh, so, Chris, tell us about the, the other beers that you brought us. All right, we've got Dual Artisanship, which is a collaboration between Prairie and Perennial. Mm-hmm. It's actually a supposed to be a red Saison, but it's not really that red. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Supposed to be pretty hoppy. Uh, we've also got some Wicked Weed beers here. Mm-hmm. We've got Tributary, which is an Imperial Brett Saison with sugar beets. That's a collaboration between New Belgium and Wicked Weed. And we've also got the Appalachia here, which is a farmhouse saison brewed with some Riverbend locally sourced malt. And they also added some sweet potatoes, grits, and local wild blossom honey to that and finished it with bread. Hmm. Then I've also got one of my home-brewed sour beers here. And describe the sour for us. It's 
closest to a Flanders red base style. Um, it's also got some raspberries in it, and I finished it with some port-soaked French oak cubes. Now, are you in the running? I, I could, could, if you should win, are, can you use a jet, a ski, jet ski without Where's wheels? It There's no wheels on it. No wheels. It's, it's up on blocks. <laughs> I'm sure it's I could find a way. And Still that. a Martinez, yeah. I thought. but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it made it over with the rest of the, the goods from right. the Martinez uh, studio, but... Uh, it's it's got the Kirker pipes and the refinished heads yeah, though, yeah, so it's yeah. you know it's good, nice running order. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, have we really seen it run all these years? I don't think Justin so. will fix it. I mean, he's cool. Oh yeah, Justin's good for it. Don't worry, don't worry. Can, can um, you uh, can you introduce uh, Chris more uh, uh, sort of formally and let everyone know who he is? Everybody, this is Chris. Well, Chris, this is everybody. But then everyone listening is going, yeah, who's, who's that? My name's Chris. Can I be on the show? I don't know show? how much he wants to say. What's your social security? <laughs> right. What's your social security number? Bank account? What's your pin? What's your Date pin of birth. Number? Where do you live? Would you want to tell people about uh, your, where, are you from? Where, where you came from? Uh, originally, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. About a month ago, I moved to California for work and living in the Dublin area, East Bay, and it's been great so far. Been a home brewer how here. long? 2010, so going on five years. There you go. Oh, nice. And you muled over lots of uh, commercial beer on your trip? Yes. Good man. Yes. Yeah. We actually, Who needs clothes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Filled you up, can buy new ones here. Exactly. Filled up the back of my SUV with about 12 cases of beer, among some other essentials, and drove cross-country <laughs> to get <here>. The brewery. <laughs> so everything will get here safe. Do you want to tell people what you do for a living? Uh, sure. I'm a facility manager. Uh, I actually manage the housekeeping department at Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara, California this, for the 49ers. Yeah, this is a huge gig. This is the 49ers' mm-hmm. new uh, stadium here in the yeah. Bay Area, and he's yeah. heading up the uh, um, housekeeping operations. Nice. Yeah. Transferred from Cleveland, worked for the Browns for about 10 years. Wow. And Chris yeah. has sat in on a show before, and we met Chris on uh, when he was coming out uh, for uh, to check out the the, the new job and see if he wanted to do it. And, uh, you know, got to know Chris and liked him. So on the show, let's do it. Now we invite him back. <laughs> if we meet you and we like you, you may be invited to sit in on shows. But if we don't like you, <laughs> if we don't like you, we'll invite you to sit in on shows okay. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, no. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's how we make new friends. We and, meet them. And, and that's how Scott drinks free beer. Right. There you go. And then they bring us beer. <laughs> Um, all right, so let's get down to the nitty-gritty here. Okay. A lot of these pleasantries, you know, are disturbing our, our pace. Look at the notes Chris brought. I mean, I'm impressed. He's, yeah, he's hey, got pages. Come prepared. Pages. Hell yeah. Look at that. He's, he's prepared a, to win that jet ski. Yeah. All right. Boy Scout for three months. <laughs> uh, and what did that teach you? Document everything for the lawsuit. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> Scott. Your perceptions, your uh, your 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 ranking of the beers in sixty seconds. This was a tough one. Chris's homebrew kind of threw off the whole lot because it was so much more flavorful and present. So it's different from everything else. Yeah, yeah, yes, and because it's a category seventeen beer. What, what's and that is? Well, I don't yeah. think it is a Belgian specialty, is it? Well, I think it would yeah. fit in there. Frambois. More of a fruit lambic. Fruit lambic. Yeah. yeah. No, well, it's not a lambic. Well, it's pretty... that's more Flanders-ish. Flanders, yeah, it could be Flanders red or... Right. Could, 
probably define that's as a Flanders. It. It's, it's also the, in 17. It's got the wood. It's got the port. It's got the, the yeah, fruit. That's true. You know, it's a fruit, you know, Flanders with fruit. I think I think if I if I was judging, I'd I'd go ahead and just you leave it in. Yeah, nice version. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> so this is uh, so. There's a couple of Wicked Weed beers here, which uh, we had Wicked Weed on the show, and we had a lot of their uh, sour beers and some of their stable beers, and they were all just tremendous. And they won Guest of the Year actually on the session. Uh-huh. Wicked Weed did. Uh, not you know. Why am I never Guest of the Year? Huh? When were you on? 2005 was your year. 2005. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've been waiting 10 years. <laughs> now we can give you most improved host or most improved brewcaster. Bevo won that this year. You can win it next year. Bevo won it. Uh, you know. <laughs> so is that an Thanks. award you want to win? Have you have you run out of people to assign it to? Is that <laughs> is that why it would come to me? That's now? rude. <laughs> no, she threatened a lawsuit, so we made her the, right. give her the award. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay. Yeah. Yes. So the wicked weed beers here in front of me, neither of them were the were ones we had when they were on the session, and these are totally different than the ones I remember drinking. The, mm-hmm. um, the what is it? The tributary, uh, mm-hmm. the New Belgium collaboration beer. I remember any of their sour beer from the show? You met, you what now? Do we have any of their sour beer? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. We we do have a couple of sours. I I didn't bust them out for this show um, because I wanted to try stuff oh. we hadn't tried before. Yeah. Uh, we can drink them after the show. Right. Uh, these th- this this tributary is is really heavy on the bread. It's just it's just a bread explosion, and I kept drinking it, going like, all right, what else? And all I kept going was, this is just bread. I don't know. I wish I had more to say about it. The uh, the other wicked weird beer, wicked weed beer, the uh, <laughs> Appa. Appalachia. Appalachia. Britannomyces Saison with sweet potato, honey, and grits. I want to get all of those things, but I don't get any of them. Mm-hmm. I, I get like a sort of bubblegummy smell or like cotton candy, which I'm pretty sure is an off flavor. And maybe it's just my thing, but I'm, I picked that up. And I hate to say it because I love Wicked Weed. The, uh, the homebrewed beer was really in your face. It was like a raspberry smell, and f- it was flavorful, and it was It so- was in my mouth, so not in my face. I splashed it all over my forehead, and I don't, maybe I did it wrong, but it, it, was, uh, it was big presence on this, uh, on this board here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the uh, dual artisan was bitter, but like not hoppy at all. I just got like a bitter taste, and again, another really bready beer. Uh, and then the Orval was also bitter, but in a hoppy way. I was like, ooh, hops and bitter and really heavy carbonation. Um, I, I like Orval for that reason. It's like really overcarbonated, but it was especially um, obvious against all these other beers. So a wide range here, mm-hmm. and the, the raspberry homebrew just blew me away because it was so much more present than all these other beers. Mm-hmm. So you're you, you gotta give them a so quick tougher here. in order, yeah. All right, because I'm, we could potentially have uh, a winner. Yeah, of the jet I'm, ski I'm here. picking the the raspberry is my favorite beer on this. On the, I uh-huh. forget, I'm like throwing style out the window here because I don't even know at this point. Uh-huh. I'm I'm picking the raspberry number one, um, the uh, Orval number two, uh-huh. um, the Dual Artisan three, and then the Wicked Weed Tributary four, and then the Wicked Weed Appalachian number five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, John, the dual artisanship mm-hmm. had a really kind of a weird cheesy note to it, mm. like uh, in the Roma. Um, that's what that's a red saison they said. Mm-hmm. I think it needs a little bit more age, or maybe it's aged too much. It's kind of a little funky. Um, uh, number four, I, fourth, I'd probably say the the Wicked Weed uh, Tribulation. Um. 
I don't know. It's a nice Saison. It's a nice beer, good beer, a little edgy, though. Uh, and then I'm going to put uh, Orval third, mm. just because I kind of like the other Belgians on the table, the uh, Wicked Weed Farmhouse and the Homebrew by Chris. Mm-hmm. I think this, the overall, I'm, I'm judging these beers mo- mostly based on, like, the are they well-fermented? Are they, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is there that base beer that was really well done mm-hmm. and then kind of changed later? Mm-hmm. So I think the Wicked Weed Farmhouse Saison is number two, and I'm going to go with Chris's Homebrew's number one. Mm. Wow. There you go. I think the, the, that Fantasy. has a great Flan- Flanders character. To, you know. it, it's very well, good. Uh, very good. Uh, you uh, may be on to uh, getting the uh, jet ski. After all, we may finally have a winner. Prepare the band. That thing ready. That was cloud music. Wasn't it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Only you would get that, Scott. That's why I could get away with it. <laughs> ignore that. Yeah. Right. Well, if this choose was, uh, when to ignore people. Yes. Well, I was judging uh, this category, and these were the five beers, uh, mm-hmm. and I had to uh, sort of eliminate any beers. I would eliminate the uh, the uh, dual artisanship, uh, just uh, kind of a muck, kind of a Muddled, uh, stringent sort of character to finish. Yeah, there's definitely something weird in that. I don't know. Maybe just that particular bottle, I wouldn't. Uh, and I'm not a big fan of the uh, Wicked Weed uh, Appalachia. To me, it's a little, I don't know, annoyingly spicy. I wouldn't advance that one. But I would definitely advance the other three. Uh, but they would probably say, well, that's too many to advance, Mike. You're going to have to. Narrow it down. Mm-hmm. And uh, it would be between... Uh, I really like the Wicked Weed uh, mm-hmm. tributary. It's uh, very similar to, like, Temptation, in my mind. Hmm. Very... Uh, huh. Really? Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Similar to Temptation. Kind of. There's that, that spiciness going on. Yeah. East Spice character. Mm-hmm. But it's, um, it's not... But uh, I, I'd actually make that third... Uh, the uh, the Flanders uh, Raspberry second and the Orval first. Oh, the first uh, first ding in the in the the chance to win the jet ski. Chris, a second is a good you know. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's high praise. I'll take second. I mean, <laughs> second to Orval. I mean, really. Yeah. Uh, Chris, what would you? Uh, how would you rank these? Uh, definitely number five would be the Appalachia for me. It had some phenolic character that kind of was a little harsh in there and almost like a bacony, smoky kind of thing going on. Harsh, sharp finish. Um, number four, I went with the dual artisanship. I, I think it does have some decent hop flavor in there. I got a little pineapple and mango out of it, but it's... It, it doesn't work real well with the bitter and then some of the Belgian influence to it, in my opinion. I went with Orval, number three. Uh, got a ton of bubble gum on the aroma on that and some banana, but it, it finishes nice. has a lot of nice Belgian yeast character in it. Um, couldn't go with mine, number one. <laughs> so I, 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 put, I put my number two also. Mm-hmm. Um, Were you the guy I, that ran for class president but, like, refused to vote for himself? <laughs> No, no, never did that. But uh, Scott voted yeah, for I mean, himself ten times, <laughs> even though I'm running unopposed. <laughs> I'm still going to vote for myself. Still going to stuff the box. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I thought there was a lot of good raspberry flavor to it. It's real tart. 
I almost got a slightly cheesy kind of note in there too. Um, but like I said, I don't think the tannins from the wood or the spiciness from the French oak and the port real, really came through as much as I'd like it to. Mm-hmm. And then I went with the tributary number one. I just thought that was a really good beer, good expression of Brett. So it wasn't your typical saison, and liked it a lot. What's interesting to me? Does anyone else get? Is it Bevo's chapstick on there, or or what? Wow, that's like a full lip print. Or thing. is or is it? Does anyone else get like a chapstick sunscreen kind of <laughs> flavor and aroma from that beer? Bebo earlier was I like probably drank out of your glass. You did, yes. yeah, yeah. You're, no, you're, it's definitely the Carmex. It is. There was a beer earlier where Bebo was like, like uh, "Man, this thing smells like sunscreen." <laughs> Carmex, actually. Bebo was drinking the Faction uh, Milk Stout earlier, and she was like, "Does this taste like soapy uh, chapstick to you?" Yeah, and I, was, yeah, and I yeah. tasted it. No, no, no. That's why Jamil looks so perplexed. I was like, right. "What?" I was just hell's like, going on with it? I, nope, "I think nope. I could like this that beer." That was me. If it didn't, I'll taste take credit for that one. Sabotage. It tastes like yeah, soap and sunscreen and uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, so no. okay, so that let me let me readjust my. Uh, my perceptions here. Let's unchap that. Glass. I mean, it's really strong too. It's the thing. It's Re- pretty good. Re-pour. It's good though. Now that you know it was Bevo, right? It's like now it's actually pleasant. Yeah, I don't mind. Right, exactly. Bevo at all. So that doesn't that that part doesn't bother me. Jamil is carefully sipping and reevaluating. Yeah. Hmm, okay. okay. Um, then it's much better without <laughs> with knowing what I know now. Uh, the beer is, is much more pleasant. Um, I, like Chris, would put the Appalachia Wicked Weed last. I did not think that beer worked at all. No. I thought that uh, it had a burnt rubber, kind of uh, smoky, like you're saying, bacon. Too much going on and none of it uh, uh, really in balance. Uh, not a bad beer. I don't think any of them are bad beers. Oh, and, you know, again, just because we're picking nits about beers trying to decide which one's the best doesn't mean that we hate the beer or it's badly brewed or anything. What I will say about most of these newer American-Belgian specialty beers, the issue I have with them all <coughs> pardon me, is that They've got a lot of complex flavors, but they're way too in-your-face. They are too bold. The flavors stick out and stab you in the palate versus layering in complexity to the beer. And that's the problem I have with that one and also with the the prairie. Also kind of has, you know, some of that issue. You know, and also the, the other Wicked Weed, there's just too much it's a too bold of all these characters brett yeah in your face hops in your face oh you know this in your face the yeast character in your face and you know it's it's becoming like the ipa of belgian ales you know we're we're ipaing everything it's you know it's the new american sour when it's so sour you know your teeth dissolve the brewers are just trying to keep up they up the ante right right and it's it's becoming too much in affects the drinkability i don't know that i could drink a full glass of that artisan or the prairie one or you know maybe even even the other wicked we i drink just a small amount i agree 
I, I I'm not gonna drink you know I'm not gonna drink a, a full goblet and then say oh man the bottle's empty I wish I had more. Yeah. Now on the Orval, there's a huge amount of complexity to that beer, and it's delicate and it's in there and it's you know it's multi layered, and I think you know that's one of the things I like about that is it's much more balanced than the others. I didn't get quite as heavy a banana. Um, as you did, Chris. Um, and I thought that that, you know, was really well done. And there's, there's you know, such a layering of, you know, you get the bread in the background, you get, you know, the hops, you get all these little things in there. But it's it's subtle and it's got balance. And it doesn't slam you in the taste buds. You can drink it and think about it and enjoy it. And if you don't want to think about it, you could, you know, just drink it. And I could drink quite a bit of that. Whereas the others, I like the Wicked Weed. Once we got rid of the uh, <laughs> chapstick out of the uh, the Wicked Weed, uh, uh, what was it, uh, Tributary? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I liked it. I think that, that that's a nice base beer as well. Um, not as uh, edgy as some of the others. Um, and so I, th- I thought that that had better balance the sour i liked a lot too i thought that was really good jimbo's taking another sip i think um i think that's well done (laughs) but i still think the the orval is a better brewed Beer to the style category and really um, shows a lot of delicate balance and complexity versus again with the sour. There's you know the the, the flavors are all there. It's got more balance than some of the other ones, but I think it could have a little bit more more balancing of those those characters. Do you think age might accomplish that? Ah, uh, hard to say. Hard to say. Um, but I would have, you know, maybe the Orval as number one for me. I'd maybe have the Sour as number two, the Wicked Weed uh, uh, as Trib as uh, three, and maybe the Prairie Artisan as four, and the uh, Wicked Weed uh, Appalachia as number five. Into which category does the Sour better fit? I think it would fit in uh, this category. Well, you mentioned that it, the it's it's not quite f- for the category. I'm it's Belgian specialty. It is. So yeah. all of these are. If it for was this more barrel aged or something like, maybe it's a wood aged. I don't know. But then you know you don't have a classic style. Um, it's not really a Flanders. It's not a Lambic. It's so I think yeah I think it fits this category. I don't know where else you'd really put it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I entered it as a Flanders Red in NHC this year just because mm-hmm. I had no clue to where to put it. So, right. I mean, haven't got my scores back yet, but yeah, yeah, that was my guess. Did you consider adding it to both that category and Belgian specialty? I did, but I was only able to bring five bottles with me. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> if it did advance, <laughs> I wouldn't have enough for the second round. So, I had to pick. <laughs> but, do, you think, uh, do you think you picked right, Jamil? I yeah well you know who knows what kind of judge you're gonna get I I would not 
I wouldn't really bash it as a as a Flanders, but the fruit flavor is is quite bold, and I think it wouldn't fit the category because of that. Now that but that is something that will mellow mellow with time, isn't it? That the fruit will kind of sort of gradually drop out. Hard to say. Um, it may become more prevalent is if there's any other you know biotics going on in there, or the the Brett it continues to consume down some of the other characteristics. Um, it may pop more. Also, some of there may be alcohols in there that, as they oxidize over time, uh, will become more fruity. I, I thought that the uh, the fruit will drop out as you age a sour is just like an across the board rule. Is that's not true? No, I don't think so. Was I, am I the only one that was under that impression? Yeah. No. <laughs> Apparently so. No, the fruit character, uh, no, the sugar in the fruit is going of course going to be consumed. The flavor early on, but the flavor's just flavors there. Hmm. I mean, it depends on what else is happening because um, you know when you when you strip out like some of the malt, um, the fruit can really shine, and it just depends on you know if you've got bread in there and it's eating consuming some of that that malt, um, you know some of that sweetness. The fruit may pop more, be, be more acid, and the acid will uh, make it seem more fruity. You know, I don't think there's a hard and fast rule on that. Um, we should take another break. Yeah. All right, let's take another break, and uh, when we come back, we'll talk more about uh, how Chris made his uh, nearly award-winning uh, <laughs> jet ski taken. I, I think you fell just shy. You were very close. Point. Very close. Yeah. It was it was nip and tuck. Unfortunately, I don't think you captured the the jet ski. I think. Uh, I think a, a very valiant, very worthy effort. And I would not argue with uh, putting it first. But uh, unfortunately, we got to play by the rules here. And uh, the jet ski remains uh, unclaimed. We'll, we'll let you take a joy ride on it, but we, we can't give you the pink slip. All right. right. Fair there enough. All right. <laughs> Let's take a short break. Back after this. A few things happened 30 years ago. Arfanet migrated to TCPIP, and the Internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and the gadget guy Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit the store in Dublin, California and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at hoptech.com. Nico, listen, our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the next kids. meeting. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment 10 years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer at Brew for Your Die IPA in the Northeast, Northwest, parts of the Midwest, and Alaska in cans and on draft. 
So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty crack cans. Tasty crack cans. BN Army, I'm here to talk seriously for a second. You all are partially responsible for something explosive, and it's time you answer for it. Moonlight Meadery is exploding. Yeah, exploding across the country. Wait, they just landed in Australia with insane quality meads. With nearly 70 different varieties of mead on the market, Moonlight Meadery has blown up the mead category and completely reinvented it. Seriously? What? Seriously. What? You're paying money for that watered-down mead when you could have a Moonlight Mead? Moonlight Meads explode with quality and flavor. They're a party in a bottle. Did someone say party? If you want mead and want the best, you want meads from Moonlight Meadery and will accept nothing less. And now get 15% off by going to MoonlightMeadery.com forward slash BNArmy and use coupon code BNArmy at checkout. Hey, sign me up for that party. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high temperature March pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new BrewEasy. Now back to Brewing with Style. All right, we're back. During the break, I retasted all the beers and I determined that I was still right. After my further review, I review that I am correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After careful analysis of my further statements, I realize I was correct. That's why first impressions are very important. That's right. You can't undo them. Right, and that's that's why I, I know second impression was that my first impression was correct, yes. <laughs> oh, uh, no, we were we were tasting and talking about uh, how Chris brewed the beer and all that, and that's that's a really good. Uh, we we're thinking, well, maybe you know, you could enter in the fruit category and uh, enter it as a you know Flanders Red with raspberries, because um, the raspberry is, is fairly prominent. Um, but again, I think you know it could fit in this category. I mean, there's there's a, there's some options there. I wouldn't just put it straight in the the Flanders regular old Flanders category though. I think um, I would hope that the judges would say, ah, you know. This this fruit category, you know, it's got fruit in it, and that's not a, a standard of the Flanders. So, there you go. I think a judge could miss it. Yeah, I think they could. Oh, mistake. oh, I guarantee you, they could miss it. Oh, they that's could, just a Rosalier yeast. You could enter it as a like a regular like a raspberry wheat beer, and they'd be like, "Oh, yeah, it's great, clean, well fermented." And it'd be like, <laughs> "Well, yeah, you didn't didn't notice it was sour and uh, got bread in it." And oh, you did a good job with handling yeah. the Rosalier part. 
Yeah, there you go. All right. So, do you want to do you want to give us a recipe for your uh, your 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 sour sure. that everybody could follow along and make it a an excellent uh, nearly uh, jet ski winning beer? Sure. Especially on their on their first attempt. First attempt at a sour. If you've never brewed a sour beer before, I would say that closely. is Damn. probably one of the best first attempts at a sour. You must have listened <laughs> to a lot of the Jamel show and uh, I was gonna say read a lot of brewing classic styles. Or now. Jay Goodwin, one of the two. Hey, he how long ago did you make this? Before the the sour hour ever started. Huh? Yeah. Two thousand thirteen was when I started ha! shit. <laughs> Scott's like, damn. All right, go, go ahead, Chris. Okay. As I drink, I start to uh, you know prattle on. It's for a five and a <laughs> half gallon recipe. Uh, the grain bill was basically, actually, if you go on to northernbrewer dot com and get their caribou slobber oh, grain, uh-huh. all grain kit. There you go. There that was the first all grain brew I ever made, uh-huh. and uh, I took that same base recipe. Uh-huh. And then just modified it a little bit. So interesting. It's uh, 15 pounds of two row base malt. Had three quarter pounds crystal 60, half pound crystal 80, and then quarter pound of chocolate, pale chocolate, and caramel, and then an eighth of a pound of black patent. And I mashed that at 152 for 70 minutes. Um. Hops, I used Liberty, an ounce, at 60 minutes. East Kent Goldings, three-quarters of an ounce at 30 minutes. And Willamette, an ounce at 15 minutes. The yeast I used was English Ale 002. I kind of wanted to leave a lot of residual sugar in in the original beer so the Rosalera could have a lot to work on after fermentation was done. I basically let the 002 nearly finish out before I transferred it to a secondary and pitched the Rosalaire blend. Uh, the original gravity on this was 1079, and it finished at 1014 after the Rosalaire blend worked on it. And it took, I left it in the primary for two months and then another 10 months in secondary on the wild yeast. What kind and of vessel did you use for that? Uh, I think that's glass important. carboy, uh-huh. glass carboy, and I never saw a pellicle on this at all. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, as far as the raspberry went, uh, after the primary fermentation was complete, I had it on the raspberry. It was the Oregon raspberry puree, mm-hmm. three pounds of that, and I had that uh, soaking for fourteen days before I transferred it over. And then for the French oak cubes, I used two ounces at seven months before completion. Mm-hmm. Soak that in port wine, a local port from Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's about it. Uh, fermented at 65 for the uh, 002 yeast and kept it at about 65 for the duration of the souring with the Rosalaire blend. Mm-hmm. How did you seal your carboys when you were... Uh, doing the long aging souring process. I had a regular airlock on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were, were you? Ex- and I'm, go I'm ahead. Were, were you expecting a pellicle to form? I was. I mean, it was my first sour, and you read about the pellicle forming and there being a mucusy layer on top of it. I was just waiting for it to happen, and it never did. Can you can you predict when it will happen and when it won't? Well, you, you plug know, it into this app on your phone. <laughs> yeah. 
MrMalty.com, uh, the Pellicle app. Um, no, uh, it depends a lot on, um, you know, what you, organisms you have in there, what kind of base they have, and most importantly, how much oxygen. So with more oxygen, you would have seen a pellicle, I'm guessing. Um, you must not have gotten a lot of oxygen in there, which is interesting because an airlock is a pretty oxygen permeable device. But uh, it apparently wasn't uh, enough oxygen and, and warmth to really uh, let the pellicle form. But a pellicle is kind of like an oxygen protective layer in a way. I mean, are they all kind of form up there and, and soak up the oxygen? Um, so, uh, you know, I think, uh, it, it, and I, I think more often than not, people end up with too much oxygen and too much, you know, of that uh, character. And it, they end up with, uh, or they go crazy with oxygen. They end up with a lot of acetone and uh, vinegar character. I think that this was actually fairly clean for um, the Rosalaire blend. So, you know, maybe a little more oxygen. Um, what I've used in the past is those yellow or orange uh, rubber rubberish caps. They're they're quite leaky and do a really poor job of sealing the carboy, and the material lets oxygen through. Um, I've seen a study on on how much air got through or oxygen the, got through. The carboy hoods, the two nipples that you're talking about. <laughs> yes. Okay. Two nipples. Um, One nipple is larger than the other. Yeah, I mean that's to be expected. Right. That's normal, man. Yeah. Oh. Right. Right. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, yeah, those. That material is uh, quite, quite permeable. Gotcha. So the people who do better bottles actually did a study of closures. Hmm. And the closures, they were trying to check their closure to see that you know, it wasn't letting oxygen through, which it doesn't, um, or very minimal. And they compared that to a rubber stopper with an airlock and you know, various things. And one of them was those, those rubberish uh, carboy hoods. And... Uh, Sure enough, they and that's what I had discovered is that they leak just the right amount of oxygen for for souring in in a carboy, and I was using them, and then they came out with a study. I'm like, yeah, sure enough, there, there you, you go, go. <laughs> perfect. So uh, yeah, well, trademarked. There you go. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's very telling that the only bottle that is empty is your bottle with your sour. Seriously, I'm Maybe. considering uh, taking the uh, yeast slug uh, final pour. There you go. Go ahead. Later, be like oh, I said. I'm I considering so it. Oh. Actually, I did read one of my notes here. And along. that's how Scott dies. <laughs> he just like kills him. Jamil was right. Along with the Rosalaire blend, I threw in some Cantillon Grand Cru dregs too. So yeah. whatever that added. That is something uh, <laughs> Jay, it. Jay Goodwin is a big proponent of uh, using the dregs from mm-hmm. other commercial beers. Mm-hmm. This thing is like, hey, you know that yeast is good. Use it. You know it, it has just created a product you really like. Yeah, yeah, and I think in general it, it tends to, um, I mean, if they've packaged with that original uh, yeast, then sure. But uh, in Europe, it's more common for them not to package with the original yeast. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, you, you may just be throwing some lager yeast in your in your beer. What if you were to do it with, um, uh, is Torment? That's a... Uh-huh. That, that's a bottle-conditioned heretic beer. What uh, would happen if someone used Torment rigs? 
They'd get uh, White Labs 530 East. <laughs> See. You can go to your local Northern Brewer and uh, you know pick pick it up. Go to northernbrewer.com, buy some White Labs 530. Ah, uh, but then you don't get to drink the bottle. There, there is something said for that. So right. how how do how do we even how do you do how do you solicit recipes from a? I mean, normally this is where John would uh, give his uh, you know go to homebrew uh, recipe for this, but mm-hmm. this isn't. This is like such a wide range. I mean, if you were to brew John a, a Belgian specialty for a competition, what would you even do? Just use your imagination. It just doesn't even matter, does it? Brew, brew a great base beer and then kind of dream about beer and <laughs> throw some stuff in it. That sounds good. Well, I'll tell you what. But have a great this. base beer. Let's take a short break. There you when go. we come back, I will tell you what recipe I would brew. Oh, or did brew for such a competition. Right after this. You're listening to Brewing with Style on the Brewing Network. The National Homebrew Conference is coming up this summer, and More Beer wants to send you. To celebrate 20 years of serving homebrewers, More Beer is giving away two full pass registrations to the 2015 National Homebrew Conference, June 10th through 13th. That's right, two full passes, full access to all the presentations, club night, and pro brewers night, two seats to the grand banquet and award ceremony, two one-year membership gift cards to the American Homebrewers Association, four-night stay at the beautiful town and country resort, round-trip air fair to and from the San Diego airport. Two VIP passes to the Brewing Network's own anniversary party. A $250 prepaid Visa gift card for food and your other expenses. And dinner with the More Beer crew. Visit morebeer.com for all the details and to enter. You can enter once a day through April 15th and the winner will be drawn on April 25th. If you've already purchased your registration to the event and seats to the Grand Banquet, those fees can be refunded. Enter today at morebeer.com. The best thing to happen to Brewer's Yeast in a century is from White Labs. For pro brewers and home brewers, yeast in the new Pure Pitch Package powered by Flexel technology redefines how fresh your yeast can really be. That's because your yeast is cultured, grown, and delivered all in the same Pure Pitch Package. It's never been transferred and never been exposed to the environment. Pure Pitch is powered by White Labs' proprietary Flexel container, which took six years to develop and is designed to be the best home your yeast has ever traveled in. Just cut open a Pure Pitch package and pitch the purest yeast possible. Learn more about Pure Pitch powered by FlexCell technology at whitelabs.com. And while you're there, sign up for one of the many great classes White Labs offers, like Yeast Essentials 2.0 coming up August 22nd and 23rd, or any one of their great workshops for brewers, distillers, and vendors. Pure Pitch from White Labs. Six years to develop, refine, and perfect. Two seconds to open. Adventures in Homebrewing have the knowledge and expertise to craft their own gear and original recipes. Some of the things Homebrewing.org creates and manufactures in-house are the Brutus brew stands and propane burners, the serial killer adjustable two-roller grain mill with seven-pound hopper, custom stainless steel false bottoms designed to fit kegels, coolers, and mini-sized brew pots. The brewers at Adventures in Homebrewing have designed a huge selection of original recipes for extract and all-grain brewing. Adventures in Homebrewing original recipes are 
are tried and tested, proven to be of the best quality. And right now, Adventures in Homebrewing is shipping 24 of their best recipes for free. Visit homebrewing.org for the most current selection. Once you try one of Adventures in Homebrewing recipes, you'll keep coming back for more. And now, it's even easier with free shipping on these kits. Brewing Network listeners receive 10% off their homebrewing.org orders when they use coupon code IPA at checkout. See terms and conditions for full details. Beer tasting games that train your palate, a brewery locator, and the brand new interactive beer style guide. These are just a few of the awesome things you'll find on craftbeer.com. The style guide is a beautiful example of technology and beer. Browse beer style families or turn on the automatic beer style finder and explore beer through color, bitterness, ABV, aroma, and flavor. It's really the coolest way to explore every beer style besides having them all in front of you. Go to craft craftbeer.com and click on beer styles to start the guide plus enjoy the rest of craftbeer.com the brewers banter blogs beer education how to host a beer tasting and the invaluable draft quality manual tons of great content that makes your beer better visit the new craftbeer.com right now and explore the website that brings you all the passion camaraderie and creativity of the craft beer community craftbeer.com celebrating the best of american beer when I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a Certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Back to Jamil, Tasty, and this is Brewing with Style. All right. Because Chris reminded me, I'll, I'll give you two recipes. One will be the um, Orval clone recipe out of Brewing Classic Style. <laughs> it's uh, starting gravity 1057, finishing gravity uh, 1011. Um, 37 IBU, color 11 SRM. You're looking for about 6% ABV. Uh, what you will do for uh, a finishing uh, kettle of uh, six, six gallons, you're looking at uh, about 10 pounds, nine and, nine and three quarter pounds of uh, <laughs> continental pilsner malt, uh, one pound of cane sugar, a pound and a half of uh, Caramunic 60, and then uh, mash at 152. You're going to boil that uh, with some hops. You're using uh, Halitau, 4% alpha acid, 60 minutes, 2 ounces, 57 grams. Styrian Goldings, uh, 5% alpha acid, 15 minutes, uh, 1 ounce, 28 grams. And then uh, at 0 minutes, another 1 ounce of Styrian Goldings, uh, 28 grams. 
And then also uh, you're going to dry hop later on with uh, uh, the same Styrian Goldings, uh, two ounces, 57 grams. So you'll ferment uh, with uh, White Labs uh, 510 or uh, Y Yeast uh, 3522. Uh, you're going to uh, ferment that at 66 degrees Fahrenheit, 19C. Uh, when it's finished, you're going to rack it to another fermentation vessel. You're going to add some uh, Brett Brux. Uh, you're going to hold it for a month around 60 degrees Fahrenheit or 15 degrees C. And then uh, during the final week of that month, you're going to add uh, your dry hops, the two ounces of the uh, Styrian Goldings. Uh, wait the week, rack it off, carbonate the beer to three volumes, and uh, you're going to bottle up or in heavy bottles, or you can serve it uh, 50, to 50, degrees, 50 to 55 degrees Fahrenheit. Um should make a, a quite a serviceable, passable uh, Orval clone. How were you able to figure that out? Oh, I've got my ways. Did you ever hear the show, uh, Can You Brew It? Hmm? Uh, I got my ways. I got my ways. I'm just saying. I got, I've got my sources. So, I mean, you, you, you just ask questions to the people that make these recipes? I mean, uh, you, you, various ways. How did we figure out all those recipes, Stacey? You know, a lot of well, times you just ask somebody. Is there even a way to, if you didn't have that access and you wanted to build a clone recipe yeah. of something, how do you even go about doing that? Start it? out with the brewer's website. You got to okay. start out with interviews with you gotta the brewer. You got to ask the source. Well, you know, check their website. And then sometimes people, you check the internet, but there's a lot of crap out there. Where people have made stuff up or, you know, oh, this, this is a perfect clone and it's not even anywhere close. But sometimes you can glean bits of information. They can say, I talked to such and such and they said this. And, you you know, it seems to fit and it just seems like a pretty reliable source. Bing. You throw that in there. Yeah. Um, you make adjustments based on your knowledge of how the ingredients are packaged. <laughs> like... One of the things that we did in Kenya Brew it is um, if somebody was using, you know, a certain type of malt, and we knew they were using a certain type of malt, we could guess, okay, it comes in 50 or 55-pound sacks, whichever type it was. Well, they're most likely using one sack. No, they're using two sacks. This beer seems like they're using three sacks. They're not using, you know, one and a quarter. They're using it in full sack amounts. And so, or half seconds, size. or whatever. Right. Their size. right. And so, we'd kind of make an educated guess that way. And you know, there was the same thing on a lot of other ingredients. That's one of the ways I figured out the. Uh, so there was uh, was it an Allagash, or it's, there was some beer where they they told us what the ingredients were, but wouldn't tell us how much they were using. And all I did was check the available sizes that you could buy that in bulk and the likely suppliers. Yeah. And then, based off of that, I was able to calculate it back into the batch size, and sure enough, it worked out. <laughs> They're just making you work. Right, right. You know, a lot of times people don't think, you know, but you have to use common sense, you know, because brewers are, you know, they're not going to open a bag and leave, you know, a little handful left over. It's like, well, you know, we're making a thousand gallons, just throw it in. You know, that's, that's how we tend to operate. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, that's part of how we figured beer stuff out uh the other beer that we would throw in there we probably throw in the petite rouge heretic oh, yeah. petite rouge i, I should have brought a bottle should have brought a bottle you're right heretic uh petite rouge a belgian specialty ale right there is it i think it's on tap ah 
Well, there you go. We should have we should have had it in here. I'm sure I would have won the jet ski. <laughs> what the heck? Um, that beer. We yeah, do, there you go. Uh, Tap seventeen. Heretic Petite Rouge, Belgian blonde. Um, not a blonde. We oh. Belgian specialty ale, right? Oh, we, I mean, we've miscategorized quite, quite it. Quite red. Uh, I'm gonna. Is it a blonde? I'm gonna send Kevin RGM an angry text right now. Belgian specialty. I would put. Um, and that is, uh, we do a Belgian ale. It's not quite a blonde. We do it around, you know, 5.2%, uh, 54 and uh, all continental pills are malt. And then um, uh, we'll add uh, a bit of uh, sugar as well. We uh, will ferment with the 530 yeast. We lightly hop it with... Um, you know, just bittering hops, and then we will uh, add uh, hibiscus to it uh, at the end because it's that brilliant red color and uh, kind of a cranberry pomegranate fruitiness. Uh, it turns out, you know, quite refreshing, uh, quite quite lovely. I think. Okay, that's a lot great beer. Yeah. Uh, so that that could be a Bel- Belgian specialty. But uh, I guess I will have to wait for another show uh, since uh, we didn't get in it on this one. I don't know. It's too hard to find, I guess. <laughs> it's a rare beer, man. <laughs> Very rare. <laughs> Next time, I think the rule Next should time. be yeah. don't leave the hop grenade for to go out and buy beers for the show until you've looked in your own cooler here and checked your own board. Yeah, the problem is that I, you know, I just I for so uh-huh. long I just went and shopped for beer. Right. I'm on like autopilot now, and I right. forget this, that I have no a bottle grenade. shop. Yes. That's my office. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you walk right past it on your way out to uh, buy much. beers. For I the, can't find any uh, Belgian specialty <laughs> as I blow past four of them. Right. <laughs> there you go. All right. If you enjoy the show, uh, make sure to check out uh, our fine sponsor, Northern Brewer. They're. Uh, Got all the goodies to make uh, all these beers, so so check them out, northernbrewer.com. Check out the Brewing Network store as well and help support this show. Till then, Bruce Strong, everybody. And I love it.